The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for being here. And I'm sure most of you, because most of you are, uh, you know, in the same age range that I am. I'm 57. So the Christian radio listeners generally are in their uh, 40s, 50s, 60s, even into the 70s. And so when the topic of widows, and of course, widowers in there as well, but predominantly widows comes up. For most of you, if, if not you personally, it's certainly for me, this is something that you have some experience with. Uh, perhaps, and probably most, in, in the most challenging way, you're a widow yourself. I remember when my father passed away, uh, about as uh, four years, I think, coming up this fall. And then, so my mother becomes a widow. And uh, to watch her struggle with that over the next three years, then she went to be with the Lord about a year ago was uh, now this, this, my mother is, was always a very resilient, tough, hardworking, could take care of everything person. But once her uh, husband died after 64 years of marriage, she literally moved from uh, college life into marriage. She never really lived as a single person, but 64 years of marriage. And then when my father passed away, uh, that really sent her into, uh, in many ways, kind of a tailspin. And uh, to, to all of a sudden live life without your constant companion of 64 years, I can't imagine how difficult it is. So here in the church, the subject of uh, how do we handle widows, and of course widowers, but predominantly widows, and we'll talk about that too. Whereas God's heart for the widow, and of course orphans, is made uh, abundantly clear in the scriptures, and we'll talk about that as well. The question we'll really wrestle with today is, uh, you know, kind of the Wiffum principle, which my dad used to use a lot. What's in it for me? What, you know, so what's your role in this? What's my role in this? What's the church's role in this? And especially if you have a widow in your life or you are a widow, uh, I hope this uh, encourages and blesses the people around you and the church in general, because there's a lot to deal with here. Uh, none other, uh, no other person at, uh, our, down at BGU Seminary would be quite as equipped to handle this. As our good friend, Dr. Stuart Scott, who's really leading the biblical counseling effort down there and has been in the biblical counseling world and a leader in that world for decades now. And so, uh, Stuart, I was so excited and, and appreciative when the email came over that this is the topic you wanted to discuss. You did an incredible message last month down there in the chapel service, which I'll put links up on Rumble and Facebook Live for everybody. Uh, this is an incredible message that you need to hear. And, and like I said, just a couple minutes ago, Stuart, uh, I've never done a show on this, and I've done mm. like 2,500 shows. You mentioned wow. we probably haven't heard a lot of sermons on this either, but it's really, really an important topic. But uh, again, just thank you so much for being here. Oh, absolutely, Steve. Thank you for inviting me back. You're very welcome. And, and then that message you started with uh, really kind of a heartbreaking story when you all moved back to South Carolina mm. to to be a part of BJU, the seminary there, and you had a, a longtime friend. So tell us about that, because I think that will be an effective way to kind of set the stage. Yes. Um, when we moved back uh, here to South Carolina, we'd lived here for many years and then went out to California, then to Kentucky and back to California, then back to South Carolina. 
we were excited about coming back and we were only an hour away from some dear friends of ours that we were in the same church together. Uh, We were both young couples at the time. We had small children, same age. So we we grew close and uh, he became one of our counselors as well, just dear friends. So we were looking forward to coming back an hour away and uh, we'd make some trips down and and, uh, hang out together. Yeah. Uh, within a month, uh, when we arrived back here, uh, in South Carolina, uh, we got, uh, uh, news that, um, my uh, dear friend Rick was killed in an automobile accident. Uh, he was planning on retiring, Hmm. uh, in December and this was in June and it was just a sudden, uh, someone ran, I think, an intersection immediately, um, sent him uh, to be with the Lord. And so his wife uh, became a, a widow right away and very difficult. They're, I'm sure they had plans, what they were going to do in retirement and serving and ministry. And then I uh, called one of their former pastors to find out more information, and he he told me that uh, Rick, uh, on that Sunday, now he was uh, taken to be with the Lord on Tuesday morning on his way to work. On that previous Sunday, he was teaching uh, the adult fellowship class, and I have his notes here, mm. and instructions for relationships in God's household from 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 16. So he was teaching on uh, to the church, to the people on how to care for widows. Yeah, man. Uh, and two days later, they would be caring for his wife, who was a widow. And it just sent a shockwave. Um, you know, we don't have a promise about tomorrow, but mm-hmm. we don't know uh, when uh, that will happen. That's right. And uh, the church just, you know, wrapped around her and, um, I wasn't, I was unable to attend the memorial service, but my wife went and so, yeah, that just, uh, was a shock oh, uh, yeah. when we arrived. Yeah. And, and you just, none of us are promised tomorrow. We know that life is like a mist. It's here for a moment mm-hmm. and then it's gone. And then in this case, when, uh, the husband, the father, uh, goes home to be with the Lord before anybody expected that to happen. And in that moment, of course, and, and like you said, at the service, Stuart, that, you know, the church comes around them and that's beautiful and wonderful. And I think most of us would expect that. And most of us would experience that. I think when it comes to the topic today, as we unpack it, the question, the bigger question, I think the more challenging question is what happens after that and and what's our, what's our role. And, and I mentioned this before, and I, I don't want to sound too abrasive in this, but I think basically in our culture today, which is very different than it was 100 years ago with the advent of elder care and all kinds of homes and residency places. I think most of the time when it comes to widows, uh, we outsource as opposed to considering maybe what God has called us to do. And, and is that necessarily wrong to outsource and to find a nice place for your mom or, 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 or the wife, whatever the case may be? Or should we maybe first consider what we should do ourselves? So we're going to get into 1 Timothy chapter 5. Uh, Verses 1 through 16, you're going to see as we read through this with Dr. Stuart Scott from BJU Seminary. There's a few different classifications there of widows, so we're going to work through that. But the biggest question today is, uh, what role do we play? Do you play? Do I play? 
uh, in the church, in the church at large, in the lives of widows, and of course, by extension, widowers. This is Steve Noble with Dr. Stuart Scott. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show, Theology Thursday, as it is each week with our friends at BJU Seminary, and today talking about something that, quite frankly, doesn't get talked about much. It's never been uh, the, the focus of an entire show or probably even a segment uh, here on the, on my radio show, on The Steve Noble Show. We've never spent a whole hour, a whole show talking about uh, widows and how do we, as the church, as individuals, you and me, how do we, what's our role in that story? Uh, and, and when you get into first Timothy chapter five, verses one through 16, which we're going to get into in a minute, uh, with Dr. Stuart Scott, who's here from BJU seminary, uh, we're going to, we're going to kind of look at that because it talks about some different classifications of widows and we need to understand that. Uh, but I want me, I want to make sure, uh, Stuart, and again, thank you for being here and thank you for sharing mm-hmm. about that story. Absolutely. It's just tragic about your friend in South Carolina, but this is also this, this subject's, uh, not only close to home for you, it's in your home. Yes. Yes, that's right. My um, my uh, father uh, went to be with the Lord uh, 15 years ago. Wow. And um, so we have been caring for my mom. She uh, lives with us for the past eight years. And a godly woman, loves the Lord, uh, 92. Mm. And um, so it's a joy. It, it really is an honor uh, to give back to her what she blessed us with with so many years uh, what, growing up what a great point to turn around and uh be able to pay pay some of that back so to speak uh mm-hmm. and, and it's not what let me just ask you real quick and then we'll jump into the the passage first timothy 5 1 through 16 or 3 through 16 uh what's what was your expectation of what that might be like versus what's been your actual experience yeah um she's very independent uh but as time goes on, she becomes more and more dependent, sure. which is understandable. Mm-hmm. So at first we wanted, she wanted to have her own place with us. And so we had an, a house with a, like an apartment, okay. mother-in-law suite yeah. kind of a thing. And, um, it, it has turned out to be more of a blessing than we ever imagined, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, a lot depends on where your parent is at. Sure. Uh, and she loves Jesus. Uh, she loves us. She doesn't want to be a, a bother at all. So she has a mentality of, I want it to be easy for you all uh, to care for me. And that, I mean, you can ask for anything better. No, uh -uh. you got a lot of one another's there (laughs) going in both directions, which is uh, just a little taste of what we'll get forever in heaven. But, uh, thanks for sharing that. It's important. I think it's important for people to know you're you're dealing with this subject personally. Uh, first Timothy chapter five, uh, I guess three through 16. So walk us through that. And and so we can get our compass oriented correctly. And then we'll talk about kind of our role in all this. Yeah. We're just picking right up in a, in a letter Paul wrote Timothy on guarding the faith and he deals with, uh, practical doctrine on the faith. And then he, it goes into now, how does this play out in application and relationships? So he deals with, a the older, younger, when you have to bring an admonishment to them, but then he moves on to the widows and verse three, it says honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness 
uh, to their own household and to make some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command these things as well, so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Mm. Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband, having a reputation for good works. If she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work but refuse to enroll younger widows for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers going uh, about from house to house and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households and give the adversary no occasion for slander. For some have already strayed after Satan. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. And that's what I'm, when I read that passage, some just think there's some older widows and some younger widows, but really there's about five different groups of widows mentioned there. Yeah. And I think, and, and that is important. Because mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, basically dealing with a situation based on the context of that situation. It's not a blanket statement. Right. And whereas right. I think some people might react to that uh, originally thinking, well, that sounds a little harsh. That, that's why it takes some work. You know, yeah. That's the yeah. that's the role of good theology and good hermeneutics is to try to go. OK, so what's what's going on here with this and the five different classifications? So I don't want to spend uh, you know the majority of our of our time together unpacking that. But just help us understand generally so that people can understand correctly what what the Lord yeah. is after here. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be real quick here. Um, the first is the genuine widow. This is um, uh, she can care for herself. Um, but she's a genuine widow. She's her husband has died, sort of a like a Dorcas in the uh, New Testament. Then you have the widow. Uh, that's verse three, five, and sixteen about the genuine widow. Then you have the widow who has a family uh, to care for her, and that's in verse four. So she's not all alone. Mm-hmm. Then you have a widow uh, who's living in worldly pleasure, uh, who, who's sort of self-indulgent. Uh, it seems like she may be an unbeliever and needing the Gospels. Yeah. It, it, what it sounds like as you read the rest of the passage here. Uh, then you have uh, the fourth group is the enrolled widow. And they did keep record, uh, even in Acts 6, with the Hellenists, with the widows, the first thing the church had to deal with in Jerusalem and in the early church. They did have these groups where they were keeping track the enrolled widow, and that's verses 9 and 10. And that's lots of um, stipulations uh, for her that makes it to the um, the list where the church has to come in and help provide. And that's when you don't, you know, you don't have government, you don't have right. social security. Right. But 
the church has responsibility. They don't have a family. Then you, lastly, you have the younger widow and, um, for them, it, it is a strong suggestion here that they remarry. And well, that's, and, and, and when I read that, I thought, well, that's, I makes sense. Sure. But, but you can't, you can't command them to do that. They don't have, <laughs> yeah, they kind of need to be asked. They have to be asked. Right. And I, I know of some who are young widows who are still yeah. unmarried. Still unmarried. So, yeah. yeah. So it's another issue the church has to face is what do we do with the younger widows right. who want to marry? That's right. Who want to remarry. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of different angles here. Yep. So we're going to work our way through that. Again, the main question, what is our role in all of this? What's the church's role? I'm going to come back to that part that, Stuart, you just read the enrolled widow, the church back then, keeping track of them. We're mm-hmm. going to pick up there when we come back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show, Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary. Dr. Stuart Scott is here with us today, uh, who's just one of the leaders across the nation in biblical counseling. So we're talking about widows today, widows and orphans, but specifically widows. And what's the role of the church, which means what's your role, what's my role? Some of you are widows. And uh, are you being loved properly via the church, the people in your life, via scripture? Uh, because God's uh, perspective on this is definitely unambiguous. We're going to get into that as well. But again, uh, Stuart, thanks for being here. Such an important topic. And, and like we were saying before, I, I've never done a show on it. I hardly hear anybody talking about it. Yeah, I've probably blown you, past. Yeah. You're welcome. I've blown past First uh, Timothy 5 so many times in my 25 years as a believer or whatever. And never uh, really stopped to unpack it. I did want to go back to this notion to, this is going to put some weight on all of us. Uh, the enrolled widow. Hmm. Because that shows up a couple times in First Timothy chapter five, so yes. so help us to understand that. Go back to the original context here in the in the early church. What is an enrolled widow? And this is going to be a challenge for us. And then I want you to share that story that you just encountered over the weekend at that church on this subject. Oh yeah, well this was one of the first issues they had to deal with in the early church in Acts six was who's going to care for these widows, and uh, we. Uh, just doing a little background uh, on the early church, the second and third, fourth centuries, they had a widow office mm. that existed in the church. So they, they had the widows, they knew who they were. And this one, th- this group, the enrolled widow, uh, there's some stipulations that are listed here in first Timothy that they don't have a family. Um, they're, 60 or older that was sort of reckoned the recognized age in antiquity for an old man or an old woman uh which i guess i'm an old man now <laughs> uh but uh devoted to one man that doesn't mean that she couldn't ever had more than one husband because the younger widows were encouraged to to remarry, so remarry right it just means one woman uh she had eyes for one man while she was alive right. just like the elder Mm-hmm. who has eyes for one woman and um they have a reputation of good works there in verses 9 and 10 that they if they had children they they uh, were faithful in rearing them that they were reaching out in hospitality washing the saints feet just real heart of service they have assisted the afflicted and uh in every good work this is just a godly woman yeah. who now needs to be cared for 
they don't have social security back then. I mean, they, right. they, they, they didn't have family who's going to care for the widows. And that's where the church would then come in and care for them financially and in every other way, not just stewardship of money right. uh, to help them, but how do we uh, bring them in into the families, into the church family? How do we really care for them uh, and recognize them? Oh, and, the, o- and over your decades of work as a, Christian counselor, a biblical counselor. I mean, the effects of loneliness. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, and vulnerable and helpless. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're they're really in a, a very difficult situation. Yeah. Could be easily taken advantage of. That's right. And still so, are today. And that that's why as soon as when I was listening to the message and I put up uh, Dr. Scott's chapel message from February, that I put the links up on Facebook Live and and uh, Rumble today, so you can go let's go listen to that. Whether again, whether you know somebody that's a widow maybe it's your your mom uh maybe you are a widow there's 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 things here for all of us depending on what side of that story you're on but it really is a fabulous message so that's in there but when i was hearing about enrolled i just kept thinking they know who the widows are and they Mm -hmm. know what their situation is they know what their station in life is they know who needs this kind of help and needs that kind of help before we finish the show i want you to share about the uh, other gentleman that died suddenly at 48 because mm. that's a that's a great lesson for us all in terms of just preparing for it and then the church stepping up uh but but the whole notion of paying attention and keeping track of them uh you just had an experience at a conference right yes um just this past weekend where i was at a church and um they i was doing a seminar even on the this topic because they said, oh, wait, I've never heard anything on counseling and how to care for the widows. And one of the ladies uh, there shared that that was a burden on her heart. She was not a widow. She's married and has family. But she was burdened as she met uh, one of the widows in the church. And she said, I wonder if they all know who they each Hmm. are, if they could get together and have some fellowship. And then what are their needs? And then she began to become the the point person Hmm. of who they all are in the church and assigning uh there were couples you you care for this widow this couple care for that widow you reach out you take them you care for them in every way uh if and working with the family if they had families work with the family right on making sure the needs are cared for and then there were some they, they said, we can't do much, but we can pray for them. So they were assigned, mm. you pray for this widow, you yeah. pray for that widow. It's just, I, I just haven't seen that much. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't, well, I haven't asked every church I've been at mm-hmm. what they do, but now I'm much more attuned to it. Oh, Much man. more alert. What an incredible, what an incredible yeah. example of what we should be doing. Uh, what about God's heart on the matter? Now, this uh, is this is this is there's no ambiguity coming your way by the way everybody so on this issue if you're getting a little uncomfortable uh well get used to that because the the word is unambiguous when it comes to god's uh, heart on the issue. i i just didn't realize uh, we, we always hear about the orphans right you know, of course take care of the orphans adoption and foster care and right rightfully so absolutely but then i came across uh exodus 22 22 to 24 and the lord says to israel you shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. If you do mistreat them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath will burn and I will kill you with the sword and your wives shall become widows and your children fatherless. 
(laughs) That's the heart of God on his care for widows and orphans and foreigners. Um, That's right. Yeah, you you generally don't want to get God's back bowed up against you. Right. And, and you, you you heard that when I read First Timothy, too. Mm-hmm. If you don't provide for them, right. you're worse than an unbeliever. Than an unbeliever. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Deuteronomy 27, 19, cursed be anyone who perverts the justice due to the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. And all the people shall say amen. Then Isaiah 1, 17, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Wow. Then uh, Psalm 146, 9, the Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. And probably the last one is James 127. We're familiar with this. Religion that's pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So it's not just about providing yeah. monetarily that yeah. they have a place. It's visit them in their affliction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the heart of God. It hasn't changed. Yeah, it, it hasn't changed. In that, and we have to all wrestle with that, again, within the context of our own lives. And uh, But let me reverse the polarity here for a second. And and if you if you would be so kind, Dr. Scott, speak to the, the widows out there because— I think we have to encourage them that it's okay for them to ask for help. Yeah. And, and that, that's so hard. I mean, I, my mom who lives with us at 92 years of age, she, she doesn't like to ask. Yeah. Uh, I can relate. And, and you know what? We're probably all like that yep. to some degree, some more than others, but we, we just roll the red carpet open. Yeah. I mean, uh, forward for her, we, you, you tell us and we keep asking anything that needs to be done fixed and and she's become more comfortable sharing there's something broken the Mm -hmm. light bulbs out you know more than at the first at first it's sure you you, she's kind of reading us is she an inconvenience and that's where you just pour grace just love and kindness and absolutely matter of fact you're we're going to get upset if you don't tell us right and um she needs to hear that. I think the, those who are widows just need to hear the affirmation. You're not a bother. Mm. It's a joy. It's a privilege. There's a, there's a blessing in this. Yeah. And we get a, a chance to return is what yeah. the Lord says. You, a, a chance to return what was invested towards us when we were little. So it's, it's, it's a real joy and a pleasure to do that. Yeah. And, and our hope is just based on a clear reading of scripture, our hope is that, the widows around us, be it your mom or, or whoever, whatever the case may be, your sister, a friend, somebody at church, that they wouldn't have to ask. Yeah. yeah. That our radar is going to be turned up. Yeah. That yeah. we're looking for that opportunity, which, which again, I, I wouldn't, I would encourage you, all of us, not to think in terms of works. Oh, God told me to do this, so I need to go do this. Yes, that's true. But He's also got a powerful blessing for you. Yeah. In doing that. And so that's where I, with the young students, with my students, I'll say, you know, you're 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 maturing in your faith when you start doing all the things that God would have you do, not because he told you to do it, but because you actually want to. Yeah. And then there's just great blessings there. We're going to pick it up there and keep talking about that. I want to give some uh, props to my sisters who walked down this road with my mother uh, over the couple of years before she passed away about a year ago. So much more to talk about. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary. Today, a really, really important topic. I would appreciate it, and I know the Lord would be blessed if you would push this one around. I rarely say that. Uh, I just try to be faithful with the show and, and do what I believe the Lord has called me to do. And then multiplicity and results and blessings and fruit. That's his deal. I, I try not to mess around with his side of the the equation. <laughs> but occasionally I'll do a show where I just really want to encourage you to share it. You can do that via the podcast. You can do that on Facebook <clears throat> with the Facebook Live or on Rumble. Uh, grab the podcast. Tell somebody about the radio show because the issue of of uh, widows is something that I think we would all agree is is greatly overlooked. I did mm-hmm. want to ask you this question, Stuart. And again, thank you so much for your time and, and your leadership on this. Uh, but is is there anything? Is there, are we doing anything wrong when we primarily think of the widows in our lives? If it's your mom or something, when we're like, oh well, well we're gonna we're gonna make sure that she's in a really nice place. Is there anything inherently wrong with that? How do we handle that just from a biblical perspective? Yeah, I don't know that I would say it's wrong. It's uh, just incomplete. Mm. Uh, So we're we're told to plan ahead uh, and provide for them. So whether it's in your home uh, physically or they may want to stay at some – Right. care facility they can have their uh, own on their place. own they may they may want that right that provision that provision part which is in first timothy 5 is a part of it but it's incomplete if that's all mm-hmm. children are thinking it's how do we care for them in their affliction they've just uh, lost their one flesh relationship um, th- they're dealing with social uh, the social needs of caring all of the one another's yeah. it, and there's a lot more than just, you know, provide. Right. That's right. So how do they care for their um, mother, maybe their father, if he's a widower and, um, and I would even venture out and I did this on my chapel message, even to the unmarried mm-hmm. parents, uh, parents who are unmarried, single who, parents, uh, they have to do both. They, they oftentimes their their mom and dad, and they have children, and they're doing it all. It's like they lost a, uh, a spouse in some ways. Should we set aside in that situation, and I'm glad you brought that up, uh, in terms of single parents, do we have an obligation, Stuart, to set aside the circumstances that led to them being a single parent and then just kind of love them where they're at based on their needs, and especially if they have children? Yeah, and I, I, I would— it's kind of a yes, I know. Yes, I want to help them with their situation uh, of what led to that. Sure. But it, it, but even besides that, they're in a situation. They right. are a single parent right now, and they have needs. So you bear their burden, mm-hmm. which kind of is interesting in Galatians 6, where someone's overtaken in a sin. You all are spiritual. Help them. Help bear their burden. It's the next verse. Yeah. So whether it's a a result of some sinful thing that they've done, or they were the innocent right. spouse, they have needs and how can we come along and care for them, especially don't fault the children right, or the situation and how can a church uh, care for them? Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, ultimately I think our, our big goal coming out of today would be uh, not only sensitivity, turn your radar screen up, but then engagement. 
And and yeah. that's why in in First Timothy chapter five, where it's listing out different types of widows, you meet them where they're at, and then you and then you consider what their needs are, and they're not mm-hmm. going to be the same thing. For some, it's not financial at all. For some, it's just they just need company and somebody to check on them. For other people, yeah. it might be they don't drive. I remember how difficult that was for my dad when all of a sudden his four kids and his wife are all like, uh, "Yeah, that that needs to stop." Oh yeah. my goodness, that was so difficult for him. And uh, I'm sure I could have been a lot more sympathetic at the time, but there's all kinds of issues there that we should deal with. But isn't that just sen- sensitivity and looking for a way to bless and serve these people? Is that kind of our main goal today, would you say, Stuart? Uh, yes, I would say being aware of um, the widows and widowers around you uh, in your own family, extended family, but in your church family, uh, specifically what we're addressing here. And I think there's a, and everyone, yeah, I want them all to be cared for. Somebody's going to do that. (laughs) And that's where I would, if I could have kind of a clarion call would be to every church to have someone, maybe it's one of the elders, maybe it's one of the key lay men or woman, someone needs to take a hold of this and say, I'm going to be the point person and find out who are our widows uh, and widowers in our church and even the single parents who are they yeah in our church and then start getting a team together to make sure we're caring for them in their affliction and making sure working with their families if they have a family on how to provide for them yeah and and uh let's start our own 21st century enrollment in the modern church (laughs) Like yeah. they did previously, uh, but also preparing for this. You shared a story in the, in the chapel service, uh, Stuart, about a, another gentleman you knew who uh, uh, really had just a out of out of the out of the blue death, and mm. what that did to his wife and children. I think there's a really valuable lesson there for all of us, especially for men. If you're the head of a household, if you're the provider, uh, this is really an important story. Yeah, I was teaching out at the master's university, the master's college at the time. And one of the colleagues of mine in biblical counseling, uh, it was right after graduation, he was tired. And he and I and two students, uh, two guys, we said, let's go uh, play some golf. Uh, and said, but during that nine, uh, the first nine holes, a very short course, he was walking, could hardly just no energy. And we thought, wow, this is uh, strange. And he collapsed on the ninth hole with a massive heart attack. I, that's uh, from what we know. Um, I, I mean, it's just a shock. Uh, he's 48 years old, has four children, you know, um, and he didn't come out of that. He went home to be with the Lord that day. And his wife and uh, three of their children uh, met me at the hospital. And the doctor had just told me they tried extra, extra long to try to get his heart going, couldn't, but he died. And she, right when she told me that, the doctor, his wife and children walk in, and oh, I just told them that he had collapsed. That's all I knew. So I had to tell him. Um, oh, boy. The Lord took him home. And I mean, the, the heaviness of. Uh, losing a spouse, the father of your children. Uh, when she just likes going out for golf, right. we'd come home that afternoon right. and no more. And uh, they had to admit her, her blood pressure started going up. Wow. 
and in the emergency room, I was back there with her and the children who are adult children. I mean, they were like 14, um, 18, 20, 22, somewhere in there. Yeah. And she says, what am I going to do? Hmm. I'm a, I'm a housewife. I don't have a job. Uh, he was the only income. Uh, I have three children in college. What am I going to do? And he and didn't have insurance, right? He did not have insurance. Wow. Yeah. Uh, or if he did, it was like a, a you know, uh, just enough to pretty much bury you. I think it was right. a basic policy that the school took out on right. him. Right. And, uh, boy, I was, uh, I mean, heavy, heaviness. Of, oh, man. I didn't have answers for her, you know, uh, in, in the sense of God will provide but I prayed with them. Uh, and then I went out in the waiting room and uh, Dr. MacArthur was out uh, in the waiting room. And I said, Dr. MacArthur, you know, she's back there and uh, she's got some real concerns, uh, major concerns. And she was part of the church there, yeah. the Grace Community Church. So yeah. they were uh, involved members there. And I, I said, here are the concerns. She has three children at the school in the graduate program and the two in the undergrad. Um, she doesn't work outside the home and she's not even sure what, what, what to do. And he said, hold on here, just stay. And he talked to some other personnel from the school and, and they came back and they told me and says, go tell her that uh, her husband's checks will keep coming for a year. Mm -hmm. And all of her children will be their college. Everything is paid for done, done. Oh man. I ran back there. I think <laughs> I can remember now. I was so excited oh, to tell man. her that, yeah. yeah. Uh, how the church wrapped around. And then one of the ladies who was in the waiting room says, I'm going to be the go-to person. Uh, uh, I can, everyone comes through me. Uh, in other words, I don't want her being blitzed with right. hundreds of phone calls. Right. I'll organize everything meals, what's needed, what, what are the issues? And, and she was part of the church too. So just God raised up, mm -hmm. uh, immediately. But what I, I see there in first Timothy five is we can't expect that to happen in every case. So plan ahead. Right. It's the word there in verse eight plan ahead. So, yeah. Even if it's just a small life insurance policy mm -hmm. to buy yeah. your bride and children, if they're young, uh, some time. Yeah. And again, and not too much, right. not too much that you have to keep an eye open at night. Right. That's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And that's more. where that, that admonition yeah. in, in first Timothy five about uh, a man that doesn't provide for his family, especially his yeah. own family is worse than an unbeliever. I mean, that, that's very serious business, but back to that yeah. situation in California, when she said, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah. I think every widow and widower as well, as well as single parents, when they get into that situation, that's their first question. What am I going to do? And that's going to manifest in a bunch of different ways, financial, just being, having some help, having somebody around. A lot of women become widows that don't even know anything about the bills. And that's where we as the church and we as individual Christians need to step in and see how we can serve and bless them. And you will be blessed in the process. Dr. Stewart Scott, thank you so much again for today. Such Absolutely. A great conversation. It's been a pleasure, Steve. All right, thank we'll you. do it again. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by the Truth Network.